Welcome to the Jesus Show. Not that one. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Jesus Show. Not that one. First off, I want to start by saying thank you very much to everybody who's subscribed to the podcast, everybody that has followed the Jesus Show NTO on Instagram, for all those who send me messages and called me and have just given me uh, a lot of support. It means... It means the world to me. I really, I really appreciate it. Being that this is my first podcast ever, as each episode goes on, I'm going to figure out what runs smoother, uh, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Please bear with me on my first couple episodes. Um, I, Like I said, I've never done this before. I'm figuring it out as I go along. I hope it's not too bad. I hope, you know, if there's some lulls, hopefully I can get out of them real quick and uh, still keep you interested. Why I started this podcast. I told Allie, my girlfriend, in I want to say about September, I had an idea. I said, hey, look, since we're not working, since we haven't been working, I'm thinking about doing this this thing. And she goes, well, what is it? And I told her, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. You know, I listen to Burt Cass, Burt Kreischer's podcast. I listened to Your Mom's House with Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky. I listened to The Josh Potter Show. Uh, I listened to Bad Friends with Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino. I listened to Andrew Santino's podcast, uh, Whiskey Ginger. I listened to Tiger Belly, which is Bobby Lee and his girlfriend, Kalila. I listened to all these podcasts and I thought, why not try to do my own podcast? So I'm, I'm telling her this idea at the dog park. She goes, yeah, that sounds good. I really didn't do anything about it. You know, I just I threw it out there. Hey, you know, what would be cool, you know, start this. So fast forward to December to Christmas and Allie gives me, I think it was like five or six boxes and she goes, open them. And she's, she's really excited for me to open it. And I'm thinking, you know, what, what could it be? Because I didn't ask for anything. I usually... Don't ask for anything for my birthday, for Christmas. I just don't because I think if I really want something, I could just buy it myself. I start opening the first gift and it's a microphone. I don't even know it's a microphone. I just open it up and I think it said finite or fine, whatever the microphone company is. I'll I'll make sure to put that in the description if I need to. But I'm as I'm opening the box, I see this microphone and I think at first I think, what what the hell is this microphone for? And then I go, oh, shit, for the podcast? So I'm like, whoa, this is really cool. And then I open another gift, and it's headphones. And I open another gift, and it's a mixer. And I open another gift, and it's a traveling recorder. And I start thinking, oh, my God, this is really cool. And then she gives me this piece of paper, and it says, the Jesus show, not that one. And it, you know, goes off of, you know, I have, she set up my, my Instagram for me. So she's like, you have your own Instagram now, you have your own Gmail. And then she tells me, go to the, go to the computer, our desktop and put in this password and see what comes up. So I, you know, I hit the thing, put in the password and I see the artwork and you can see the artwork on the Jesus show NTO on Instagram. So I, I see the artwork and it's me. With the name of the show and my, you know, my pointing up like, haha, not that one. And it has my tattoos. I have a 
my Luca Knows Heart tattoo on my right wrist. And then on my left forearm, I have Fighter. Uh, so it was really cool to see it. And, you know, I got all teary-eyed. And I just thought, holy shit, I think this is the most meaningful gift I've ever received. It really, it really hit me because I thought, man, she really believes enough in me to go here, start it, see, see what happens. So that's where we're at. So I started, started the podcast. I don't know if I've already said this, but I'm super excited. I'm a little nervous because again, I've never done this, but mostly excited uh, for what can be. So that's how I started uh, the podcast. So that's the story of how and why. A little bit about myself. My legal name is Jesus, but I usually tell people my name is Jesse. Why do I do that? When I was a kid, when I would tell people my name, you know, I'd say, especially at school, they go, you know, your name is, and I would say, you know, Jesus. And they go, oh, Jesus. And I would think, yeah, okay. You're not, it was usually people who weren't Spanish and they'd really try to emphasize that. Hey Zeus, like, Hey Zeus. And I would tell them, no, you, you just, just call me Jesse. And they would, you know, a couple times, I guess more than a couple times, a lot of people would tell me, well, there's only one Jesus. And I would tell them you are correct. Uh, but I'm not that one. Uh, I'm just, you know, Jesus, just a kid. And a lot of people have issues, at least from my experience. A lot of people would have or have issues calling me Jesus. So it was always letting them know as I grew up, you know, well, yeah, I'm Jesus, but not that one. And I'd have to correct people and just tell them, you know, Jesus in Spanish is Jesus. So, I mean, I don't know what the issue was there. Um, so then as I've gotten older, even at my current job, when I introduce myself, I go, hi, I'm Jesus. And uh, I'll get people that tell me, well, no, there's only one. And I go, not that one. I'm just a regular guy named Jesus. My mom, you know, we grew up going to the, going to church and she thought this would be a great name. So she named me that. So again, I know, I know I'm not him, the all powerful and mighty one, uh, but I'm just a guy. My name's Jesus. I go by Jesse. And uh, that's another little tidbit into why the show is named The Jesus Show, not that one. I grew up in Southern California. Uh, I moved around. I think I left. I want to say I left the house when I was 20. I moved out. Moved around a bit. And then I got, should I say what I do for work? Uh, yeah, fuck it, whatever. I'm a flight attendant. So 2012, I got a job as a flight attendant and I moved to Houston. So I was in Houston for a year and I started, I don't know, maybe six months into the job. I started having these really bad night sweats. Like I'd wake up and I'd have to change my shirt and, and then I'd wake up again and, you know, just sweating. It was crazy. Well, then me and Allie moved to Chicago. So we were based up there for a year. I want to say two months into the job. I remember one time I was on a flight from, I think I was on a four day. Was I on a four day? 
Yeah, I think I was on a four day. Oh, also, just so you know, when I tell stories, they're very elaborate. I want you to feel as if you're you're there with me. I want to paint this picture and immerse you in this. Sometimes it backfires because people lose interest in what I'm trying to say. But then I try to I try to snap back and, and get you right right back. I want you to to be engaged. So forgive me if my stories go a little long. Or if I add things that don't necessarily need to be in there. Okay, back to the story. So I'm on a four day. I wake up. My right shoulder. Man, it was like, you know, when you fall asleep on your arm and it just like tingles and you're like, ah, oh, man, fuck that. You know, my arm's asleep. So I start getting ready for work and that feeling starts increasing. Like it starts getting worse and like kind of painful, but not too bad. So I get to work, I get on the plane, I'm working up in first class in the galley. Midway through the flight from Chicago to Seattle, my right shoulder is on fire. It hurts so bad. I tell I tell my lead, hey, you know, my arm is just, I don't know what's wrong with it. So she was very, 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 very helpful. And she tells me, just sit down, don't worry about it. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, make you go down a, a flight attendant just because, you know, my arm hurts, whatever. So I unbutton my shirt. I put my hand in my shirt. So I have it close to my body. It really sucked though because every time we hit turbulence, my arm would, you know, bounce up and down. Fuck, it hurts so bad. So I'm serving I'm serving the trays with one arm. And I'm giving it to her and I'm giving it to her. And, you know, she keeps telling me, hey, look, just take a seat. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. So we finally get to Seattle and the captain goes... What can we do for you? And I said, I don't know. Uh, maybe may, maybe have some medical personnel come look at me because this really hurts. The paramedics come. You know, we get all the passengers off. The paramedics come. And I'm like, ow, like this really hurts. So they start talking to me and they go, you know, we really don't know what's wrong with you because, you know, we don't have equipment to check that. So they said, we can take you to the hospital. And they can go check you out. And I was like, no, I think I can get through this. So we end up going from Seattle to Alaska. I have a 24-hour layover in Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska. And I thought, I can just sleep it off, you know, put some icy hot, anything. Man, I get up there, I get to the hotel, and it is, like, it just gets increasingly worse. Then the next part of the trip, we go to Seattle. I have another 24-hour layover. I'm taking, like, some. My crew was very, very great. They They brought me soup they brought me gatorade they brought me um some ibuprofen some tylenol just anything i think they even got me some icy hot uh patches and like some of the ointment so i can put on they were fantastic they were they were trying to help me because they were they were pretty concerned which i thought was kind of cool because you know i don't know any of them it's the first time i'm meeting them and flying with them but they were uh very very helpful so at the time i'm telling ali like yo like my shoulder is on fire. So she goes, you know, we'll we'll get you a doctor's appointment. So I get back to Chicago. I go see a doctor. They do what? They did an MRI. I think they did an MRI and a CAT scan. I can't, can't really remember. I know an MRI for sure. And I was in this big machine and it was just, you know, loud. Boom, 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 boom. I don't know if any, any of you have had an MRI, but, uh, you know, I got the MRI. And the doctor says, it's going to be two weeks before... We can read. So I'm, I'm off of work and I just think, cool, um, I'm going to enjoy this time off. 
So then we go in when it's time to read the results. The doctor comes in who saw me originally. The other practicing physician comes in. The head nurse comes in. Medical student comes in. Right? That was five people? Yeah. And then me and Allie. So as these people are coming in, I look at Allie and I go, hey, this isn't good. She goes, no, no, no. It's going to be fine. And I go, hmm. I've never heard or seen anybody go into an office, doctor's office, and have five people come in and go, hey, we're all just here to let you know everything's fine. So I'm kind of nervous. If I remember, I'm kind of shaky. And the doctor sits down and he tells me, hey, after reading your results, you have either leukemia or lymphoma. And I immediately, I hope nobody who's listening has ever had a cancer diagnosis. It's the worst. This wave of heat came over my body. I went stiff and I started falling to my left. I could see the doctors. I laugh about it now because I can. The doctor and the nurse, they start running towards me. Not that there's a lot of space, but they're jumping to help me or to catch me from falling off the bed in the, in the, in the, in the doctor's office room. And I remember Allie, she's trying to catch me and, you know, I'm kind of a big guy. I'm like 2.30. So they catch me and I kind of break out of it. And it was weird too, because when he said it, everything went silent. The warm, the hot body feeling and the me almost falling off the bed. And then I remember sweating profusely. Just kind of sweating. And the nurse, the head nurse, she brought a fan in and, you know, they're blowing the fan right in my face and they give me water. I'm like, well, all I heard was, when I heard I had cancer, I heard you're going to die is what I heard. That's what I thought because, I mean, I don't know anything about cancer other than cancer sucks and cancer usually kills people. So that's where, that's where my head went. So then he referred me to an oncologist. The oncologist was an older guy. Uh, I remember one of the appointments me and Ellie went to. We give him the disc of what my readings were. And he says, um, he like hits the laptop and he goes, ah, I hate technology. And I thought, okay, well, I mean, I, I don't, and I don't know why you would say that. At some point he tells me I have a couple months to live. He goes, you're, I think I was 29, 29 or 30. I can't remember. Uh, he goes, I've never seen this kind of cancer in somebody your age. I don't know. Everything looks good except your PET scan. You're you're probably going to die soon. So I went, how long did I go? Maybe a month and a half thinking I was going to die. Like I would, I told my brothers that they can have my Xbox and my TV. And like I started divvying up things. And anytime I saw a leaf, a bird, I would start crying. because I was like, oh my God, is this the last time I'm going to see it? I would eat pizza, and as I'm fucking eating the pizza, I was like, this is the last time I'm going to ever have pizza. I just, it really fucked with my head. So then I went to Rush Rush Medical Center in uh, downtown Chicago, or in Chicago. And the doctor there was, you know, he, he saw my x-ray, he saw my PET scan, and he goes, you have night sweats, you have this, this, this? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, why are you so bummed? And I said, well, because the doctor over here told me that I was going to die. And he goes, that guy's an idiot. You're not going to die. He's like, you just got to do some chemotherapy and some radiation. You'll be fine. I went, wait, what? I mean, that was great news. So I, you know, I start going through the, through the chemo process. Oh my God, guys. Chemo 
fucking sucks. I'd have to sit in a chair for hours and just, they would inject me with, I think it was like three different drugs. And it just, oh my God, it made me feel so weak. Uh, I lost my sense of taste and smell. I kind of didn't have an appetite at first. And then after that, I would, I was eating anything. Like I gained weight going through chemo, which I think it's supposed to be the opposite. People usually lose weight. No, my ass gained plenty of weight, but I always felt like shit. I want to say after the second treatment of chemo, I, I was, man, I was feeling depressed. Like I was, I lost my hair, all my hair. Like I lost my eyebrows, you know, the head, the hair on my head, uh, my arm hair, leg hair, everything. Like I would wake up and I would look at myself in the mirror and I was like, man, I don't even know who the fuck this person is. It was very odd. It was a, it was a dark, dark time. There was, there's a guy, his name's Josh Gessman. He has, I believe it's called the corner of the galaxy podcast. I started listening to him because growing up, I love soccer. When the MLS started in 96, I, I was like, hey, there's a, there's a team in LA and that's the one I want to root for. Go LA Galaxy. I don't even remember how I found his podcast, but I did. So I started listening to it and it was, it was definitely putting me in a, in a, in a better mood every time I listened to it because it got my mind off of, oh shit, you're going through cancer treatment. When I'd sit on the chair, I'd listen to a couple of his, his episodes and I would, you know, put the headphones on. I'd, I'd have a beanie on and I'd cover my eyes because looking at the drugs going into my body was really fucking with me. And I didn't, I didn't want to hear the, the beep. I didn't want to see it go in. I mean, I can feel it, but I didn't want to see it. So Josh and his show really, really helped me out. I remember, I think I sent him a message. Ali could have sent him a message. I don't remember. He was fantastic. He sent me some stickers and he sent me a bobblehead, an Omar Gonzalez bobblehead. I'll never forget this. An Omar Gonzalez bobblehead. And he had him sign it for me and he sent it to me. Uh, you know, he sent it to the house and he just said, Hey man, I hope, I hope you feel better. You know, you can get through this. It really, it meant a lot that Somebody who I didn't know was willing to go out of their way to, to send me a little something to cheer me up. Oh, I'm kind of getting emotional a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just, it, it meant the world. Cause I thought, man, I love, I love the LA galaxy. This is my team. Holy shit. Omar Gonzalez is one of my favorite players. Now him, uh, Omar Gonzalez and AJ De La Garza were my favorite players, my two favorite defenders. Cause you know, my eyes, I thought, oh man, every time they play, Nothing's going to get past them because they fucking rock to have him get him, you know, get Omar to sign it and send it to me. And was, was just, I mean, I was over the moon when I opened it and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. This is so cool. This is so cool. So definitely listening to a soccer podcast definitely helped me take my mind off things. It helped me start thinking, Hey, you know, when, when, when you're done with this, you can get back on the field. You could, you know, start playing soccer again. Like there was, there was light at the end of the tunnel, you know, in that same time I started watching impractical jokers. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. 
but it's four friends who have grown up and they have a show on True TV and they dare each other to do things uh, just with random people, you know, say things, do things. It's fucking hilarious. I love that show. It makes me laugh so hard. And I started watching them and it was, oh, I like, you know, I like comedy. I like to laugh. And then I started, you know, I started watching comedian specials. I started watching uh, Anthony Jeselnik, Tosh. I think I started watching Tosh.0. Any comedian I could listen to or watch their special, I was all over it. Because again, that was another outlet for me to forget what I was going through. To forget, oh, this really sucks. That's how comedy and soccer helped me. And this is one of the reasons why I want to, I wanted to start the podcast. Maybe I, maybe I can help out just, just one person, just take their mind off things. If I can just help one person, that would mean a lot to me. Like I said before, watching and listening to people talk about soccer and comedy helped me get out of the dark place that I was in. So yeah, so that's, that's like my origin story that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, on this first episode. The next thing I want to do is I want to introduce you guys to my really good friend Jonah. In my trailer, I did say, Uno de mi episodio van a estar en español. Maybe not everybody out there speaks Spanish. Not maybe. I know not everybody speaks Spanish. I myself, my mom is Cuban, my dad is Mexican, but when I talk, I have a Cuban accent. Cuando hablo español, tengo un acento cubano. I've tried the Mexican accent. Hola, pinche wey. Me mamas. Me la pelas, right? Things like that. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't grow up with the Mexican side of my family. I grew up with my Cuban side of my family on my mom's side. The lingo, the words we use are a little different. And not everything means the same. I'll give you a quick example. Coger, for us Cubans is to grab. So I can say, hey, cogeme el agua. Hey, get me the water. Coger, for Mexicans, means to fuck. Very, very different meaning. I remember one time we were at, we went to church, we went to somebody's house after, you know, to hang out and to eat, and we were hanging out, and one of the parents told me, hey, can you go get my daughter? And I said, yeah, I'll call her. So I went, I come back, and I go, la cogí. I said something, blah, 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 la cogí. Most everybody in the room is like, what the fuck did he just say? And I didn't understand it. I don't. I was young. If I have to put a number on it, maybe like between 8 and 10. So I'm confused. I'm thinking, why the fuck are they looking at me like I have horns growing out of my head? And my mom says, no, no, you know, my mom's clearing it up. No, 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 he, he called, right, you called her? And I say, yeah, I called her. So then my mom tells me, I'll explain to you later. So on their way home, she goes, uh, mijo, coger, for Mexicans, it means to fuck. Well, she didn't say fuck. My mom doesn't use those words. I do. My mom says to have sexual relations with somebody. And, you know, as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's gross. Uh, that's not what I did. I went to go call her. And she goes, no, no, I know. But for us, it means one thing. For them, it means another. Like for us, Cubans, pool means or pool is piscina. 
I've said to people, oh, vamos a ir a la piscina. And they look at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Especially my friends. So Jonah, Frankie, and Pat, they're, they're Mexican. So again, we have just different slang words, different lingo. One time I told them piscina and they kind of looked at me like, what the fuck does that mean? And I went, oh yeah, hold on. Alberca? They go, yeah. And I go, yeah, it's so, it's so weird. Because like alberca to me sounds like a boat. Barco is boat, but alberca. Um, anyways. I want to introduce you guys to Jonah because Jonah is going to be on the podcast, especially when I have some of the soccer players that I want to interview that are in Spanish. The reason for that is there's some, there's, I feel like there's a lot of words because I don't necessarily use my Spanish all the time because I don't use my Spanish all the time. I feel like there's words that I, that I forget. And Jonah is going to be there to help me with the interviews uh, and maybe there's something that I say that they may they may not necessarily understand the word I'm trying to convey. So he's going to be there to help with that, to say, oh, he means, uh, and, you know, maybe he'll rattle off a couple questions to them as well. Uh, you know, I don't have to be the only one asking questions. So I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to call Jonah and talk to him a little bit and introduce him to the show. All right, everybody, we're back with my good friend, Jonah. Jonah, say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. How's everyone doing? Pleasure to be here, Jesse. <clears throat> Thank you very Jesus. much. Oh, Jesus. What? Yes. Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus. No, not that one. <laughs> you got to use it, right? It's, it's uh, 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 yeah, we got to get used to it. Yeah, because so Jonah knows me as Jesse. That's how I introduced myself to him. That's how I met him. And uh, why, why, why don't you tell everybody how, how we met, how we first met? I uh, can't remember exactly when or how long ago it was, but I mean, I know it's been a couple of years. Um, it was actually the year that AJ got traded to yes. Houston yes, from LA Galaxy. Galaxy. And I think it's actually, it actually was that night that we all found out that he was being traded. I think we kind of just gathered up at his house. Uh, he, I, I forgot how it started, but he texted me saying, hey, I'm having, you know, a little get together, you know, before I head out to Houston. So uh, my wife and I, we, we swung by and uh, you and Allie were already there. <clears throat> I think that's the night we met, you know, just barbecuing. You know, we talked it up and then, you know, yeah. we just clicked. It was just one of those friendships, you know, when you, you when you meet someone, and it's like, man, this, this, this is good people right here. And actually, that was the year that my wife and I were going to get married. Yes, and I think I, 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 invi- I invited you to my wedding, like. Wedding, I think it was that was night. Like, yeah, that's the night that I even said, hey, you know what? You guys should come to our wedding. And I think we were getting married a couple months after. And my wife was like, are you sure you're inviting them to our wedding? You just met them. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're, they're, they're good people. So, yeah, um, you know, that's, that's how we met. And then I want to ask you, I noticed at the end of, the, at the end of Cruz Azul's um, season, a bunch of the players posted a message that since I'm not, I can't. I mean, I can read some Spanish, but I can't sit there and read like a whole paragraph. Yeah. So what was that all about? That was uh. So the first game versus Pumas, Cruz Azul won four zero, right? So they yes. all thought, you know, hey, game's over, season's yeah. over for Pumas. You know, we won the first leg. Come second leg, Pumas won four zero. Yeah. At home. So you know, with everything going on with the you know the famous term Cruz Azuliar, which you know for the most part, is now found in the soccer dictionary. Really? Um, the term Cruz Azuliar is like when you, you're you doing something great and then you end up doing it 
then you end up, you know, for somehow ruining it, right? Like, you know, you're doing oh, really shit. well and then you ruin it. It's, you know, you cruz azulearla. Wow. Okay. So, so now it's, it's a term. Yeah. I mean, everyone, I mean, any, anyone that, you know, watches Mexico soccer can tell yeah. you, oh, la cruz azuleaste. Meaning like wow. you just ruined okay. it. Like you were doing, you're doing so good. Yeah. And you just ruined it. Right. Well, um, I mean, watching it, not knowing much. I, when I watched the, you know, the first leg, I was telling Ali, oh, it's over. All they have to do is they got to go to Pumas, which is also in Mexico City. They just have to go. They just have to defend. If they want, they don't have to park the bus, but I just thought they just have to defend and they're fine. I, I was I was as confident as I would I would put a million dollars on it. <laughs> I think everyone, you know, was very as confident as, you know, I mean, a 4-0 comeback, it's I don't want to say it's impossible because we, we saw it happen. Yeah. But I just think, um, the, you know, the players came out, you know, with the wrong, di- with the, with a different attitude, you know, the game's not over until, you know, the second 90 minutes are up. Right. Yeah. So that statement that Cruz Azul, you know, kind of released, there was a, there was a Spanish reporter who said that, you know, some of the players sold themselves to lose on purpose. You oh, know? Wow. That's a, so, that's a huge accusation. That's a very big accusation. I mean, I don't think any professional athlete, you know, for the most part would do something like that. You know, I don't yeah. think it's just etic- ethical or is that the right yeah, word yeah. I want to say? Right. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's something that you, well, because you know, I you, think as, as an athlete, they, they all want to win. Nope. Exactly. Nobody wants to go into a game thinking, okay, we're just going to lose this. Like yeah, we're just going to show up and lose it. Yeah. But that's I mean, the now- point. Then, <laughs> then why would you even go out there and play, you know? Yeah, so the statement that Cruz Azul, you know, the Cruz Azul players put out was that, you know, hey, you know, we're professionals, you know, that it goes, it goes against every standard of an athlete, and we would never do such a thing, you know, and they yeah. kind of pointed out that, you know, not the reporter's name, um, but they just say, no, hey, a reporter, you know, says something out, you know, in the media about us, and, you know, it's not true, we would never do such a thing like that, and that they were going to do some kind of uh, legal actions against uh, that reporter because that's a big statement you know to say that yeah, no, you know of course so i think that would be what slander or i guess mm-hmm. slander and li- libel i don't know one of those because i know one of them is like written and the other one's uh said i, yeah, I don't no, know which one's which but i mean that's i think a, that's, that's a strong that's a accusation huge, yeah of course okay that makes sense because i was because i saw you know almost all the players that i follow on Cruz Azul, they all put out the same thing, and I was like, I wonder what that, I wonder what that means. But it wasn't just them either; it was other players from other teams also. Right. So they kind of, you know, backed the other players. Yeah. Um, so technically, I mean, we're all coworkers. I mean, well, not. I don't want to say we're all as if I'm a player, but yeah, that's how they consider themselves, right? So yeah, you're on one team, you're playing against someone else. You guys are both in the same profession. You know, you're all coworkers, right? Yeah. So you all kind of have to stand up for each other because that could happen to you as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was so, really cool that they, they all banded together and they, you know, released that statement. Now I know what the statement means. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I think is, is really cool that they did that. Yeah. I thought that was, um, I thought that was good. I mean, it, it just showed backing to the institution as, a, as you know, the team, you know, letting down the fans and that's a big, big letdown. Yeah. I mean, talking about Cruz Azul right now, I mean, 
they've made it to about 10 finals and I think they've lost them all. Have they ever won a championship? The, yeah, they have not. Uh, they have eight. Oh, okay. Okay. Eight, eight or nine. I want to say, I think they have eight and yeah, they have eight, but in the last maybe 10 years, I think they've made it almost to 10 finals Damn. and they've lost them practically all. Shit. So well, I mean, I know it, we were there. What two years ago when Cruz Azul and America went? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that, I, you know, I'm, yeah, we we went to, yeah. So Cruz Azul made it to two finals prior to that, I believe. Yeah. Well, this one that we just went to against America, and they lost again. And before that, they had gone to another final, and they lost like in the ninety-fifth minute oh, to wow. take it to PKs. So, I mean. Yeah, man, it's it's just it's been quite a journey for a Cruz Azul fan. I mean, I I my heart goes out to all the Cruz Azul fans. I don't know, I, I don't know if I'd be able to heart the, all of the you know the letdown my team. Yeah. You know, imagine making it to ten finals and and you not say, winning them and not winning them, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, I remember again not not knowing much about the history of Cruz Azul, but I remember when we went to that final when we were out, you know, days prior, you know, just when we went out to have a couple of drinks, when we were eating, just hearing some of the, some of the people, they were like, Oh, this is the year, you know, we're, we're going to do it. You know, we feel confident and seeing the people there at the stadium. And then when they lost, man, the heartbreak, I felt it. I was like, damn, I don't even know you guys. It just, sucked. I mean, I think it hit us a little bit more because my brother-in-law came with us on that trip. Yeah, and he's and, and, he's a fan, and he's a diehard Cruz Azul fan. Like, yeah. and I always tell him, I was like, dude, how do you do it? Like, how, emotionally, like, how do you go through all the disappointment? You know, yeah. year after year, when your team makes it to the final, and like, it's it's like a you grow up being a fan like that. You know, it's like you just you don't become a fan of your team. Like, it's yeah, it's I think it's just passed down. You know, as you grow up, yeah. and it's similar to how I became an America fan. You know, it's you you're born into it yeah i know well which is something that i i mean i i watch america i I root for america i root for cruz azul but my intentions are a lot different you know I, i i root i started rooting for america because you know pablo was playing and and bruno and cecilio so i got to know them through you and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. America, these guys are dope. But I associated the team with them three. Right. They're cool guys. I really enjoy hanging out with them. I want them to have success. And them having yeah. success, the te- that team's going to have success. And then now that Pablo's on uh, Cruz Azul, you know, I want him to have success. Right. And in turn, if he has success, his team has success. So, I mean, when, when they lost, it sucked because it was, you know, on one side, Pablo was, they lost. But then on right. the other side, Bruno and Cecilio were, you know, they just won. So, yeah. it's like, you know, this, yeah, this a, high and this low, like, what, where, where do you, the fuck? How do you do it, right? Yeah. No, it's. And I mean, I, I, I'm only talking for me. And I, don't, I didn't even know him that, that well or for that long. When that happened, you've known these guys for for a lot longer than I have. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's definitely. 
like I hate it. You know, sometimes yeah. I hate it when like even during regular regular season play, it's like I'm an America fan, you know, like my heart goes out for America. But when it's like America Cruz Azul, it's like, yeah, I want America to win. But I have friends on both sides of the, the on both sides. It's like, yeah, like I obviously want my team to win, but I also, you know, want my friend to do well because, you know, it's just, you know, it's just that friendship, you know? Yeah. So that final that we went to, like, I'm like, dude, honestly, I want my team to win, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be as hurt if the other team won. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that my friend, you know, my friend's going to be, my friend's going to win a championship. It's going to be dope. You know, it's, and it's, but then again, it's going to suck because my other friends lost. So it, it's yeah. just, I mean, it puts you, it puts you in the middle, man. It, it's tough. I mean, I think after becoming friends with, you know, different athletes and, you know, in different teams, it's like, I don't even enjoy it as much as I did when I didn't have friends on the teams that I like. Yes. Yes. Because it's like, damn, dude, like, why you got to play against my team? Like yeah. now I can't even, like, I don't even root comfortable for my team anymore because you're on the, you're on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when we went down to Monterrey for the Tigres Monterrey final. And, you know, just like leading up to it, you know, I, I was excited, but you having or knowing Ugo for so long and him being the starting keeper and like, I know, I know you were pumped and not only yeah, pumped, man. you were nervous. Yeah. Cause even when I was trying to talk to you at the stadium before it fucking started, you were just <laughs> like, no, like, don't talk to me right now. Dude. Even, even when I said, ah, don't worry, they're going to win. You're like, don't fucking say that. Like, don't jinx it. Like just, just things like that. And I remember, I remember when they went up, when they were leading and then when Thetis tied it. And then I remember when, oh, who was it? Was it, um, who, who's the one that skied the PK? Oh, Aviles. Oh, that guy. Hurtado. Aviles Hurtado. Dude, you did you couldn't even watch the PK. I didn't want to watch it. I remember you you I was watching it. We were it was on our end of the field. We're watching the you know the PK being taken. You have your back to it. And I remember when he when he when he misses it and it goes over the bar. I mean way over the bar. <laughs> And just the the groan of the stadium. They and went you, silent. Dude, your your face just dropped. And I was like, oh my God. And then, you know, the 80, you know, the, the 85th, 86th, you know, extra time. And then it just ended. Oh. I almost cried. And I was like, I'm 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 barely getting into this, you know? <laughs> it was, and then I remember. I think you hugged like two little kids because they were just these kids are crying, crying. And you you were trying to comfort them because we were waiting for the other people we were with. And this little kid's just crying. You're like, you know, don't worry. There's always next year. But then, man, the emotion through that. And then when we saw him after the game, I, I didn't just... I didn't I didn't even know. I didn't even know what to say, which yeah. I mean, I, I didn't say anything other than I just gave him a hug. I was like, fuck, man. Like it, it, at, at that at that moment, I don't feel there's there's nothing you can really say. Yeah, there's I don't think there's I don't think there's the right, you know, word to say after a defeat like that, you know? Yeah. I, man, I, I honestly I still remember that trip like as if it was yesterday. It's 
it's it's been it was an amazing experience just having a you know a friend on the field you know yeah. being able to go to a final uh, a clásico regio you know that's one of the biggest rivalries and you know and you know in the last decade in Mexico it's always been yeah. a you know a rivalry because it's in you know in the same state you know um, so but you know just being able to be there experience it. Hey man, you know, the PK, I, the, I remember, you know, I told you, Jesse, I don't want to watch Jesse. I don't yeah. want to watch. I, don't, I, I can't watch this turn around. And then as soon as he kicked it, like I could just, it just, you know, like if you just turn the, the switch, yeah, everything went silent. And at that moment I was like, oh, no, he didn't. Yeah. Like my heart just dropped. Um, man, it was just, it was an experience. It was, it was a lot, you know, it was a lot to take because we were on the other side of it. We know we're not just yeah. fans there because, you know, we were there with Ugo. We met up with them after the game. You know, I just gave him a hug and I was just like, man, I'm sorry. Like, I, I know it wasn't what he maybe wanted to hear. Or those are not the comforting words he would want. Yeah. But, you know, at that point, you know, what do you say? You know, there's no right thing to, you know, say other than just be supportive. Yeah. You know, I thought it was really cool that after, you know, after the game, we went to his house and, it was nice to sit around with him and some of his family and, you know, you and some of his friends and just sit around and eat and talk and just bullshit around. Like it was nice that, that the, that the loss, which I know, you know, it's, it's, it was hard on him, but it wasn't like he let it, affect him that night at least with us you know he was you know you can tell that he was sad but I just thought I'm seeing things from a different perspective because I mean I've I, I haven't known these players for a long time I don't you know again I, I haven't had a lot of interactions and I've never been in a situation where somebody just lost an important final and then how are they going to act now? In my head, I just thought, oh, you just close the door, you throw everybody out, and you just, you know, you just piss the rest of the night. But it showed what kind of professional he is to, you know, fuck, we didn't get the job done. Okay, let's have some tacos, you know, and that's, that's just bullshit because, you know, I feel that a, a good way to try to get yourself out of that funk is to have the family around, is to have friends and, you know, just, just make the best of the night. Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, I think that's a, that's a good backbone to anyone, you know, not just a professional athlete, you know, it's having that strong supported system to fall back on, you know, yeah. during difficult times. Like in this case, you know, Ugo lost his final, he had, you know, a handful of his close friends there, um, his family, you know, we were all there just supportive, you know, of, of that tough night. You know, yeah. He didn't get the job done, but that didn't let, he didn't let that night or that moment or game, I should say, define who he is, you know, he's, yeah. He's worked a lot to get to where he's at. So, I mean, that's just another chapter in his book. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was, I think, it was a, I, I think, you know, it, it is a, it is a chapter in his book and I think it, it'll just be that much sweeter when he does win, uh, you know, final that he can go, Oh shit. I remember how I felt when I didn't, but now I have this feeling of, you know, I made it, I did it. You know, we, we accomplished what, what we set out to do. And hopefully that's that soon. Hopefully we can, you know, see him win a championship soon. That'd be nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. Well, hey, man, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you're hanging out with your family, but 
once again, thank you for coming on. Um, oh. I'm going to be having you many times on the pod. And, uh, you know, it's, I was telling in your introduction, I was saying that, you know, I'll be asking the questions, but I also want you to be engaging in those questions as well. You know, I don't want to be the only one asking, you know, these, these people questions and then you're just kind of sitting down and then I'm like, Oh, Hey, how do you say that? And then you just chime in for a moment. Like you say it like this. No, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. um, <laughs> no, thanks so much for having me. You know, it's always a pleasure to, you know, um, you know, help you out, help a friend out, you know, with anything that I can, um, you know, I'm more than happy to be on here. I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I wish you the best and, you know, whatever I can, you know, pitch in and help. I'm, you know, I'm all for it, but yeah. Thanks, man. Like I said, thank you very much. And you, you know, you know, I love you, man. I appreciate it. Love, you know, the love is mutual. Take care. Um, we'll be seeing each other soon, hopefully. And until uh, the next episode. All right, Baba. Thank you. Cuídate, hermano. Un abrazo, me saludos a Ali. I will. Cuídate, Baba. Bye. Bye. We did it, guys. We got through it. First show. Good job. I did notice some technical difficulties with my conversation with Jonah. I had him over Zoom and he cut out. So if you notice, I think five minutes into our conversation, maybe four minutes into our conversation, it goes from us talking to one thing and then jumping into a different topic. So like I said, I'm brand new at this. It's one of my first mistakes. So hopefully it won't happen again. Again, stick with me, guys. It's it's only It can only get better. Um, another quick thing I want to address, sometimes I take these long pauses. And another little secret about me is growing up, I've always had a problem with stuttering. So instead of just blurting things out and stuttering and tripping over my words, I usually take a moment to think about what I'm going to say. I say it in my head and then I say it out loud. That way I don't stutter. Uh, it's something that I've lived with for you know as long as I can remember. So again, it's one of those things where hopefully once I start talking more, uh, I won't have to think about that and I won't take these pauses and most of them I edit. I edit them out so they're not, you know, a four, five, ten second pause. Um, but again, bear with me. It is only going to get better, guys. Okay. Uh, my next thing I want to tell you guys is some of these episodes are just going to be me. I'm not always going to have a guest. You know, in a perfect world, I'm going to have a guest every single week. But that's not necessarily possible. Some of these podcasts are just going to be me. I'm going to try to sprinkle in, you know, maybe a guest every two weeks, every three weeks, and then maybe do a solo pod and then, you know, go back to guests and then go back to a solo pod. That's something else I just want to let you guys know. Uh, I'm not always going to have a guest. Now, a quick hint at my first MLS guest I'm going to have. Here's a couple hints for you. He's been in the league for 12 years going into his 13th year, according to MLS.com, which this is something I didn't know until I looked it up, he's never gotten a red card. That's very interesting and quite admirable. And he's played for three different MLS teams. Can you guess who my, who's going to be my guest? I mean, I know who my guest is going to be, but can you guess who it is? All right, guys. Uh, and I want to say once again, 
a very, very, very special shout out to Allie for helping me get this thing off the ground. It went, like I said before, it went from a nugget of an idea to becoming a reality. Uh, So I really want to thank her for believing in me and just letting me, letting me do my thing. I also want to give another shout out to Jonah for coming on the pod. I really appreciate it, brother. And like I said, you'll be hearing a lot, a lot more from Jonah. Thanks again. Please tell everybody you know to subscribe and download the the Jesus Show, not that one podcast. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your mom. If you need to, steal your mom's phone, download and subscribe to the podcast and tell her, hey, listen to this. You're gonna like it. She's probably not gonna like it, but just tell her to just tell her to listen anyways. And maybe she'll like it, maybe she won't. Who knows? I don't know, guys. And since I don't have an outro song for the podcast. I figure the first couple podcasts until maybe I can figure out some music is uh, I'm going to take us out with some original music by me. The Jesus Show, not that one.